Y'all loosey-goosey, oh. <laughs> oh. loosey ready to go? Yeah, I'm loosey-goosey ready to go. Stretched just... out and warmed up. Yeah, you literally just saw me dancing. I know. She asked her wife two seconds ago, was I dancing earlier? <laughs> As if she can't remember what her own body does. <laughs> you can't remember everything you've done today. But like general things like that, I can. Like, <laughs> would you consider dancing a general thing? Yeah. I dance a lot. So then you should be fairly confident that at any given point in a day, you've danced that day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm, I know for a fact I sneezed today. Like, I don't remember exactly what the scenario was, but I know I did. Yesterday we were at Joanne Fabrics and I sneezed in one aisle and someone said, bless you from somewhere else in the store. <laughs> Some nameless person, faceless voice. Did you call back? Thank you. Yeah, but like a little bit too late. Because <laughs> a little bit there was that moment of like, oh, like wait, where the what? hell did that come from? <laughs> and I was just like, thank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, this is The Unknown Subject. A Criminal Minds podcast. I'm Kelsey Paul. I'm Kelly McMasters Parsons. And in addition to this lively talk of um, mystery bless yous from, <laughs> from beyond... <laughs> Was it Jesus? Uh, Is he calling me home? <laughs> the rapture has begun and Jesus... Hey, yeah, I was the first to go. And Jesus is just walking around saying, bless you, everybody. Jesus. me first. In Joanne Fabrics. In Joanne Fabrics. It's like, yeah, you go on up. Yeah. We'll leave uh, everybody else here. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we're here to watch some Criminal Minds today. We're going to watch season two, episode 13. No way out now i'm having a little bit of deja vu like i feel like a previous episode was titled this yeah I something agree. very similar yeah what? i do too that's weird we could both be very wrong though but yeah you know um this is a pivotal episode oh she's calling it for early. a certain character in the show oh yeah it puts it's a uh... if you're familiar with the series you know the unsub you know you know <laughs> you know you just know if when you know you know, know, you, know. You, know. <laughs> you know you know um it's an episode that is going to start us down a road um that is going to change a lot of things like mm-hmm. you say in the in the series and i would also say it's interesting because it's the first time that we're gonna have a storyline like this that kind of carries through the whole back half of the season. Yes. Um, Where they really find that rhythm. Whereas season one, I feel like as we discussed when season one came to an end, it was the storyline carries from season one to season two. Which is the the thing that they do, for sure. There's a lot of like cliffhangers at the end of the season. Um, But they didn't have really a season long crime, but they kind of work into this rhythm Mm -hmm. for the rest of the series. Yes. To have sort of a season-long story arc, yep. crime that they're following, certain unsub they're trying to find. Um, so this is the beginning of that. Yeah. And I have always kind of felt that they start doing this kind of thing because it's almost... I have no like way to corroborate this at all. <laughs> I've never read this anywhere, but I just this has always been my feeling, is that it's an effort on their part 
on the show's part to make it seem just slightly more realistic with like the way that mm. like you know in most in most law enforcement scenarios things don't get solved just like in a 48 hour period right. which like most of the time when they go and they fly somewhere for a case they're there for a few days mm-hmm. and then it, everything gets neatly tied up in a bow and they go right. back to Quantico and I feel like I've always felt like them having these crimes that kind of draw out throughout a season is a like an interesting way to just keep the storyline going yeah but also just kind of a point to be like yeah like sometimes things don't get solved and they, they have to come back to it huh. like it's like you know like yeah. it, sometimes it takes a little bit longer yeah. or like an unsub is a little more tricky yeah. So you gotta like whatever it doesn't necessarily get gotta, resolved yeah so i it i to me it like in it infuses the show with a little extra realism now mm. there's a lot about criminal minds that is not realistic yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong i e, want it to be the most important thing quantico is not that close <laughs> to washington dc the other Can't day take the metro steven <laughs> the other day steven goes yeah we were talking about the podcast and he's like yeah i was listening from the other room when you were ranting about how the you can't take the metro <laughs> to, the, to quantico and i was like but was i wrong and he was like no that's totally valid you can take an amtrak to quantico you cannot take the metro do people take the amtrak is that like a like a quick way to get like a um quick mode it's of transport? definitely i would say if you were so here's an interesting thing like in the show a lot of our characters live in Washington, D.C., but they work at Quantico, which is part of the reason why they, for some reason, feel the need to make it seem like Quantico is very close to Washington, right. D.C., which it is not. In reality, it's a couple hours away, like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I-95, which is the road that you would take, is terrible for traffic. Uh, so if you were going to be someone who maybe worked for the FBI but didn't need to maybe go to Quantico every day, mm-hmm. but you would want to, you might take the Amtrak. Like, you might take uh, the train to get there because, like... Traffic wise, it would probably be easier um, and then go back. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a common way for people to travel from like Richmond or Quantico or like anywhere down there to get up to Washington, D.C. if you don't want to deal with I-95. There's a fascinating. There's just a fascinating transition or uh, a fascinating transportation fact for you. (laughs) In case you were wondering. Kelsey's full of transportation facts. of facts. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're going to watch this episode, and um, it should be lots of fun. <laughs> the miming that just was happening is incredible. Cassie closed our... It's a, It's like a 50-degree day in Pittsburgh today after... It's getting a, a little chilly, though. A long the sun has gone down. It's 55, according to my watch. You also run at a temperature that normal humans can't sustain life at. Like... It's not normal. You're hot all the time. Right. You and my husband could go live in an igloo together and be perfectly we happy. We would wear our bathing suits. Be perfectly happy. <laughs> Just like always. Always. Is sleeping next to her like sleeping next to your own personal oven? Yes. What? See? Mm-hmm. I feel like Cassie and I can probably rant about this for a while. I Steven complains because I can't cuddle with him for very long because I get so hot. Because his body is like a human furnace. See, I think it's usually... I want to pull away because I'm so hot. <laughs> That's true. It's Stephen doesn't. Like, I don't have to be near her. Mm. But, like, if, oh. if I'm cold, I, I don't have to be near her. Yeah, Cassie just said it's beneficial. She it's great. She, she doesn't does. need to be next to me for the warmth to radiate. I'm her own personel space heater. Yeah. That's what it's like. That's good news. Uh, it's great news. <laughs> She'll keep me around. Yeah. Um. All right. Enough chit chat. Wow. Let's do this. Call this court to order. Yes. Let's do it. We're going to watch season two, episode 13, No Way Out. 
I'm going to press play in three, two, one, go. All right, we are panning over some mountains. Some mountains. In, in Nova- Gol- Golconda, Golconda Nevada. Nevada. Sounds like Golconda forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a car, a truck is speeding down the dirt roadway. Engine and- revving. Oh, it's an arm. A dead person. Well, yeah, it's a dead arm. Uh, it's, ah, oh, it is a it's severed arm. It's a severed arm just left in the desert. Oh. Now we're at a diner. And at last, Bayetta James is playing. I could yeah. sing it for and you. And Gideon walks in with My Morgan. Love has come along. <laughs> and the waitress is like, hey, can I get you a seat, handsome? And Gideon doesn't even look at her. He's he like, just walks by. He's got his eye on the prize. And the prize is? The prize is a man who looks just like him. A white with man. <laughs> a comb over. Yep. And he says, please, and asks him to sit down. Oh, he might actually be the Carradine from Kill Bill, too. I think he is. Same Carradine. Mm, no, no. Okay, different Carradine. Kill Bill Carradine is shorter. Okay. So um, look it up. this Carradine and Gideon are sitting across from each other at a little booth in this diner. Carradine just got a milkshake. Strawberry milkshake. Morgan is just kind of like loitering in the background. And he asks Gideon, what's your name? And the waitress seems unsure of what's happening right now. And she sa- and he says, I'm Jason Gideon. And he says, Jason from Greek mythology to heal Gideon. Oh, a hero from the Old Testament. Thank you for just like totally telling about us about all of the thing, all of the fun, interesting facts about the name Gideon. Yeah. Oh, and he's Frank. I'm Frank. Germanic. Third century. Oh. Derived from the name of a type of spear. Interesting. And he says, I wonder what aspirations my parents had for me. And Morgan just Uh. comes in and he's like, all right, what the fuck? Like, just where is she? Yeah. All right. So he's obviously who we're hunting here. He has a girl. We got to find her. So Gideon just took out his badge and he's like, we're FBI. Um, and he says, oh, you are a hero. You didn't disappoint your your parents. Interesting. Is this Keith Carradine? I don't. Yes, it is. Yes. He is not Kill Bill. Okay. Or Lizzie McGuire's dad. Yep. R- Lizzie McGuire's dad is Robert Carradine. Oh, okay. Is that a brother or a son? Brother. Okay. Thought so. All right. So Gideon is reading his profile to Frank right now, and it's matching to a T to the point that he was like, our unsub will have a notebook in his right pocket and out he pulls. Bill from Kill Bill is dead. Listen, I'm going to need you to focus on the task at hand, which is this episode. Not the Carradine family history. We don't have a podcast about the Carradines. Like, (laughs) geez. Okay. Focus. When I'm finished with my shake, you'll get what you're here for. Okay. He's going to slurp that shit so slow. (laughs) That's going to take us 45 minutes. He's going to slurp that shit so slow. (laughs) Oh, and he just called Morgan his lap dog. Well, he's pretty, and I would like him on my lap. So I'm going (laughs) to... Wow. Wow. Listen. That's racy. All right, so we're zooming out from the diner, and we see that there are just cop cars aplenty outside. Uh, cop cars aplenty. Golconda has come in full so force. So we've got like a, I'm, it's like kind of like a semi-quasi-hostage situation sort of thing, because it's like Morgan and Gideon are the only ones on the inside with this guy who's, you know, they're hunting down, obviously. Right. It's a, I think we're in the it's we're picking we're up in the, the middle, middle of a storyline, which the is classic storytelling yeah. technique. As you learn but in very ninth rare, grade, but very English rare for class, criminal minds in media race. 
Oh, yeah. But very rare for Criminal Minds. It doesn't happen a lot like this, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're kind of coming in on the middle. Right. This is another example of, like, where like we're... Mark Gregory. Right. We're coming in on the middle. Mm-hmm. We already kind of know who this unsub is. Um, I have, feel like my brain just ignores the quotes. Oh, my. <laughs> like, I never see the quotes I anymore. I don't read them. So that when they do, when I do notice them, I'm like, wait, yep. what is that? Yep. All right, so we just came back in, and the cops outside from the local police station are getting real fired up. Like yeah, they, they wanna... basically are ready to just shoot the windows out. Yeah. It was like the the end of Beauty and the Beast when they're all like, let's get to kill the beast! And they're all like, let's go! <laughs> it was like that. Mob mentality, yes. y'all. Dangerous. So Morgan um, is telling Frank, like, you're not going to negotiate your way out of this, so, like, stop being such a smartass, basically. And Gideon's like, do you want to know how we caught you? And he's like, oh, yeah, tell me the story. You know, this is, it's a tete-a-tete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it a little bit, as much as this does become an interesting storyline that I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. All um, right, we're going It's back. a little riding the lightning. A little bit. A little bit. All right, so we're going back to the past, which we know because it's it one, day, one earlier. day earlier. And we faded into like a b- <laughs> long story past. No, but like it, it faded into like a black and white situation right. for a minute, which I felt like was. No one to- ever thinks of yesterday as like a black and white. No, past. I don't. No, <laughs> we're like at Quantico though. With sepia tone. We're in the conference center and they are talking about some bones that they found. Rib bones. Yep. Um, And a bone has been surgically removed on the male. Um... So and they were identified the arm that they found. Right, they're figuring out that the male dies long before the female, mm-hmm. um, and they're sur- he's surgically removing one specific yep. rib. Um, and this is a killer who has been around but hasn't been active for like ten years. They say, which is um, wild. Yeah, um, but they have a very very long list of previous victims that Gideon just brought in in a box. Thirteen cases spanning thirty. Same years. mo. Wow. Right rib bone is missing, um, and Gideon and like, is like, "This is the him. same guy." All of the all of the remains are always dumped along I eighty in remote areas. This must have been a case he probably worked on before he left the mm-hmm. BAU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he seems very fired up about it. Which right, he he's clearly, very invested in yes, finding he's this very killer. Invested. Um, he says that he's the most prolific serial killer ever, and Frank is like, "Wow." That's amazing. And he's like, I know. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. So sip your shake. <laughs> so drink that shake up, girl. <laughs> Birds keep calling. It reminds me very much of the myth, and I don't remember which person it is, but who gets chained and left for the birds to pick out their he liver every day. St- who, um, Perseus. Perseus. He stole fire for the humans. Right. Right. Exactly. All right, so um, now this is when they went to the crime scene. They found the torso here out in the desert. It's very casually, I don't know. I and guess where, where else would you do with Sheriff that? Georgia Davis is our local detective cop person. That oh, and you, torso. You can call her George. We got a deputy named Rick. We got Rick and George. Rick and George. Birds calling again. There's so many birds calling because they're outside. And because those are birds that they're eat dead scavenging. Things. Yeah. That's why I thought of the Perseus thing, huh? Um, so George is saying that she is a little upset by this because it's freaking her out that somebody in her town might be responsible for this. So it's your it's your typical thing with Criminal Minds. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. Nothing like this ever happens around here. There's more coyotes now. Yep. And All like, right. Maybe so that's Sheriff George just got a phone here. call. 
And they're um, like, we got a serial killer. And they're saying he passes through from time to time. So it's probably not someone that lives in their right. town. It's, um, there's probably so, towns uh, all throughout this all area I-80. that have similar Yeah. So Prentice and Reed are at the local um, police station. And Reed's like, I have a feeling we're not welcome here. Which is like a typical small town kind of thing. Right. A woman is being dragged out. Of what the else station. is she in? She's in something else. Yeah, and she's like screaming and hooting and hollering, hooting and hollering. And she just grabbed Reed, and she's like, "Tell them there's nothing I could do about it. Do you hear me? Nothing, nothing." And her name is Jane, not Jane. Sarah. Jane. And there's and she just a rib just fell out of her fucking pocket. Uh. And she. I says, recognize that as a rib. Am I crazy that that's a rib? <laughs> But, like, Prentice yeah. picks it up and hands it back to her, like, oh, whatever. And she says, what? Oh, it's a whistle. A rib whistle. Oh, did you see the caption? It was like, toot. toot. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag toot. <laughs> rib whistle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, there's, inspecting the torso, there are pen marks to guide, like, surgical cuts. So this person... He cauterized the arteries. This person has medical precision. To stop the blood flow. The victims so they were, were alive, alive when he cuts Ew. off their limbs. That reminds me. Oh, no. and Morgan is taking photos on his flip phone and sending them to Garcia. Those are very high quality to be on a oh, yeah. early 2000s camera phone. All right. So JJ is with Garcia. She's hanging up a map. So let's do some mapping. Garcia, or JJ didn't go to Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> JJ stabby. puts a pin in the wall to hang up the map and Garcia goes, Ow! Stabby? Yeah. Oh, she is aggressively Very aggressively. In. I'd be afraid of that's not getting how myself. You... Yeah, Stop that's, it! That's ah! you... If you're trying to put a thumbtack in a very precise place, that's not how you do it. Yeah, you don't it's not like a dart. No. You can't right. get it right in the bullseye. So um Garcia was able to find the victim. It was a guy who was in prison. He jumped bail. Um, he was in Salt Lake City. And then, so he gets abducted. Yes. And then he picks up Catherine Hale. Yep. So she's, JJ's figuring out that the unsub is traveling. Yep. East, East to west, to west towards, towards Golconda. Golconda. The cawing intensifies. <laughs> There's so much cawing. <laughs> the crows have eyes. The crows have eyes, but they, have also, eyes, have they also have wings. wings. Um, okay. So Gideon is saying that Interstate I-80 is important to this killer um it's got to be some sort of and you can see i-80 in the distance from where journey he that he drops the body frequently mm-hmm. all right Aha, dramatic open sorts. back we're back in the diner um all of the uh staff is leaving and before the waitress leaves morgan asks her if she's ever seen frank before and he said she says yes we he's come in like you know, here and there, but he never eats. He only gets a milkshake. Gross. And slowly slurps it. Strawberry milkshakes, the worst kinds of milkshakes. That's a good milkshake. Any milkshake is a good milkshake. I had one the other day that kind of upset my tummy. Mm, I'm sorry. Um, so Gideon and Frank are still talking. Frank's still sipping his milkshake. He's about halfway through on the glass, but we've still got the metal remainder Right. Cup. Does that count in this scenario? I think we'll find out. Oh, and Gideon oh. just told Frank, do not play me. He Mandy Patinkin the shit out of that line. Yeah, he Like, did. closed his eyes and 
up the pitch of his voice just a little bit. Well, because Frank was like, oh, do you think that your guy you're looking for is like a, is insane? And he was like, fuck this nonsense. We all know yeah, that I'm talking about you. Noise, bro. Like, let's just let's just stop with this. Yeah, bullshit. dude. Um, and uh, Frank says, I don't you don't care about who's missing. It's not the victims that drive you, Jason. It's the hunt. So now he's trying to like put them on the same level because they're both hunting. Oh, hunting? They're both (laughs) hunting? Yeah. Hunting? I said it. (laughs) She's in Grey's Anatomy. That's how I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it might be Grey's Anatomy. She's she's, uh, Meredith's mom's doctor. To who? To who? To whose mom's doctor? She's Meredith's mom's doctor? Oh, yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. So Gideon is pointing out that Frank doesn't seem to have a type in terms of like age or gender, which is very unusual. He mm-hmm. just kind of takes whoever. He's just killing to kill. Yep. Which is probably why he's the most prolific because there's he's just like, yep. whatever. And so we're Time back at him. Quantico and Garcia is just listing off the um, victims. And then now she's putting the thumbtacks in in a normal way, <laughs> like slowly as a human would. Yep. Um, and Garcia oh. goes, do you want to hear the really bad news? And JJ's like, what? And what is it? What is it? They, don't they zoom in on a picture of like cuts on a body, but I don't know. High levels of ketamine. Okay. A horse tranquilizer. Mm-hmm. Also used as a date rape drug. In strinkling. Stri- K-hole? Really? Fuck. All right, so the bad news that Garcia was talking about is that these victims are completely conscious, but basically, like, immobilized when... That's wild. ...this happens to them, which is fucking terrible. So he loves he loves that power. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got refined skills from all his years of doing this. Yeah, and so they're looking for a man in his mid-50s. Um, he has a, a vehicle. Uh, it's probably muted in, muted in color, like perfect for transporting things. Not like notably old or nope. notably new. Just very like under the just radar. Like car you drive to work. Um, he it's soundproofed. Oh, with surgical an autopsy on table on it. Gross. Ew. He says that He's- if he doesn't videotape it, he definitely keeps a journal, probably in his right hand inside jacket pocket, which is exactly what we found out from Frank. Did we? Did yeah, I miss? What was missed, I doing? You were lo- trying to research everything about the fucking Caridines. That's what you were doing. <laughs> uh, Stop. Oh, my God. If I have to watch him drink this milkshake. on his lips as they sips. The lips as they sips. Ew. I, they we're so close <laughs> in on his teeth. <laughs> yeah. He's got an ugly mouth. I'm going to say it. <laughs> oh, he's putting the remainders into his milkshake glass. Gideon's doing it. Gideon's buying himself more time. Yep. And Morgan says, oh, you've got them all worked up, Gideon. So because they think that Frank is getting nervous because he keeps looking out at the cops outside. But he's he's still he's still keeping it the cool game. as a cucumber. Yeah, he's not freaking out, really. Oh, he says in the end, we all look exactly the same. Gross. So he's talking about like the dying, like seeing it in their eyes. So that's probably why he like keeps them awake oh. so he can see the death leave their eyes. Yeah. Morgan just said, like, get or look outside frank like you're not leaving this diner and he says i don't want to Ooh. all right so we're back, back a day earlier um they're putting up roadblocks so that people can't get out of town we're talking um, to george again yep and gideon's like is something troubling you and she says that profile profile that you gave reminds me of a story i once heard 
and she stands up. There's and someone, she goes, There's you, someone should you should meet. And it's Jane, Jane aka Crazy Rib lady. Flute. Yeah, Rib Flute. Rib Whistle? Rib Whistle. Um, and she's saying to George, she's like, I don't want to go home, George. Don't make me go home. And George says, oh, there's some people here that I want you to talk to. I'd like you to tell them your story. And she uh, says, why? So they can make fun of me, too. So clearly. She's Meredith's therapist. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Right? So Prentice is doing what Prentice does, which is just, like. Relating. Be so lovely to people. And she is showing off her rib whistle. And she goes, it was a gift. a gift. And it is blatantly a rib. Yeah. It's so impossibly ribby. And you know that Emily, even though she's got a calm, cool demeanor, is like, I'm holding a fucking rib in my hand. This is a rib. I've so got she, a rib. So she's like, well, what happened to you? All right. Now we're telling the story. We're telling the car story. broke down. Engine went out on me. Mm-hmm. And and this was a while ago. Back in were, my day, we didn't have no cell there phones. There were no cell phones. So she was trying to. Oh. How old would you say she is there? Mm, 20. In her 20s. Now she's probably like in her. 50s 40s 50s 50s so she was taken and then she says she remembers waking up and feeling like she was in a spaceship and she, she could see herself and it was as if time was suspended there and were strange, there were strange, maps, strange on the walls. maps on the wall we're victim visioning yeah. and seeing um like she, pictures of bodies and like yeah. anatomical diagrams it was very very cold and the alien he did things to me so she like oh, she she's definitely yeah she's definitely drugged at this point but she's interpreting this to mean like she was abducted by an alien right she says that he drew lines all over my body and the whole time he was just standing there smiling down at me and we see that it is a young man and she said i looked into his eyes and, and i wasn't, she afraid, wasn't anymore. afraid anymore and he drops the knife and she goes i don't know why and then gideon says well then what happened she was back in her own bed the next morning and like nothing happened and emily was like how long ago was this and she was 19 Whew. i was way so off 30 years ago so she's the first one uh, um, so she's 49 okay good math. flirties <laughs> and she says she sees him all the time um and read connects the dots that the maps are anatomical drawings mm-hmm. the and mirrored ceiling yep. so they're they can interpreting see themselves yep. yep and they could watch themselves be dismembered Which and then he could watch them watch yep. themselves it's all fucked blah, up blah, blah. um and so gideon is saying that she's created a, a delusion in her mind that she was abducted by aliens and, and it's george possible is, she's the only one who survived yep and george is like well why her um and because she was relaxed so like he likes to watch them be scared and since she wasn't scared he was just like well fuck this yeah i guess Guess i won't kill you yeah so we're back in the diner um and frank is talking about something in the upper east side a woman had killed herself um and but her body wasn't found for more than a year. And he was like, she was surrounded by, you know, a million people and no one missed her. Interesting. That's very sad. What does that say about society? What does it? I don't know. And Gideon says that it, it, um, fills him with profound sadness. Um, and he's talking about, you know, the types of people that end up being victims on this show a lot, which are the disenfranchised and people who are the runaways and the throwaways and the, the people that other people just don't notice. 
Yeah, those are the people Frank targets. He also noted that Frank does not feel sad and mm-hmm. does not have feelings. Um, and he says, but yeah. not last night. Like, last night you didn't. You took a person of prominence and someone that mattered to everyone, which is, of course, a white woman. <laughs> George, it's George, right? She's no. not there. Shh. I don't think we've gotten that far. Oh. All right, so someone's about <laughs> to come in. Busting in. It's a guy. He's got a shotgun. That man has my, my wife. wife. Tell me where my wife is. And he says, or so help me God, I'll put you down. Where's, Where's my, my wife? wife? Put, oh. Put, oh, he puts a her head bag. in that bowling bag? I swear to God. He puts a bowling bag on the table. And, uh. Oh, no. What's the what's psychopath got in the bag, Jason? What's in the bag? I hope it's if not it's a her head. head. I swear to God. Open that if bag. If it is her head, that's the second time that someone has given Jason Gideon a head <laughs> in less than one season. I feel like it's not a head. And so the, husband the husband's like, like open, open the bag. bag. He's got a weird He voice. does. His tongue's too big. <laughs> and He's very upset. He puts his gun down. He puts down. his rifle down. That's a shotgun. What's a rifle? I don't. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we open Gideon up the bag is slowly opening the bag. It is, and it is. Drum roll, please. Not a head because his arm went all the way in. It's it is a head, but it's not his wife's head. And the guy's like, "Oh, thank God!" And he's like, "Who is this?" And Frank's like, it "I kinda... believe that the correct question would be, who was this?" It kind of looks like the person they found connected to the tattoo. Uh, right. So it's just the same so part the, of the same, different the part of the same head. Yeah. Different part of the same head? Same body, I meant. <laughs> All right. So. He very casually reached into that bag. Like, it wasn't did. full of a head. He says that that's his ticket out of here. Yeah. And Morgan is and like, this is ridiculous. Like, you need to, like, cut the shit. And. says, finish the story, Jason. So we're back in the past. We're a day before again. Um, but we're all at, we're in some sort of trailer park. Yeah. Um, they're um, like, so we know he doesn't keep his victims long. Ah, uh, they believe he has one of these trailers. Ah, gotcha. That would be a good way to do this. Also, George just said she put on a nationwide APB, so this is getting serious. Yep. And off they go, <laughs> and like, like with some dynamic like, music. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Like, it kind of sounds like what's that John Bon Jovi song? Not living on a prayer. The other one. What's the other one? I don't know. I can't think of it. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about that. All right. So we're going around. We're canvassing all of the um, trailers, talking to everybody, and they mm. all seem to not know anything. As we always see in this kind of scene, nobody knows nothing. Nope. There's no audio, though. <laughs> That's what the caption what, just said. Yeah, what? No audio. <laughs> all right. Teams regrouping, and George is seeming to lose faith that he's there because she's like, nobody seems to know where this dude is. Um, so, so they're he's saying never dumped the remains of two victims before. And why has just and why? The, the deputy's like, I just don't understand how he's gotten away with this for this long. Um, Prentice is saying that he kills them, discards them and takes what he needs. Takes from what them. he needs. The cash, the cards. And then he moves on. How could they not track the card? But until they're saying he moves on to his... reaches Golconda. And then for some some reason... reason, He empties his vehicle before he drives into town. Yep. 
and Garcia is saying like it's almost like he's purging his vehicle before he actually drives into town. Now we're getting a very interesting shot. We're we're driving amongst the thumbtacks. Yeah, that was weird. What kind of camera do you think they used to I do don't that? Know. Very small, very tiny. A proto um, GoPro. So Hello, it's moto. Oh, okay. So they're saying there's actually a pattern to how this works, and it's like he takes a yearly vacation in Golconda. Ah. So he's coming back there. So they're all kind of connecting it. And so Reed is like, maybe he's not using an RV. Maybe he's towing a trailer. And he could unhook it and hide it. Yep. So he's waiting for the road box to clear. So they're saying he's got a truck. It's going to be American-made, muted in color. So they think he's in town. He's not in this trailer park. All right, we are at one of the roadblocks. And Gideon's like, we have to go back to the town. We got to search garages and anywhere where you could hide a large trailer. Um, and George is like, what's the hurry? You you said he doesn't take victims while he's in Golconda. Um, so George says we can wait because he doesn't take victims in Golconda. And he can't get anywhere. Because and he can't get anywhere because of the roadblocks. Of the roadblocks. And Gideon's so like, let's no. just hang out. But she's like, Gideon's like, no, we cannot wait. Like he's this like, is like, why would we chance. wait? All right, we are with JJ. Okay, mm-hmm. she's walking down the hall. Gideon Garcia, or Garcia is, asleep is asleep with her beanie baby. Yeah, it's a little kitten. <laughs> I, like says, knocking. I like knocking. Ooh. She's like so tired looking. So JJ found something. She's been going over the calls. Garcia's looking for her glasses. And there was an anonymous JJ's caller. JJ's like, here they are. Fucking, here's your glasses. <laughs> like, focus on what I'm telling you. <laughs> Wake up. So... Not a single RV or trailer has passed through the roadblocks. So why would someone call anonymously to point them towards a trailer? So, so they're, they're going to run that phone number. number. It's, it's a cell phone. Surprise, surprise. Belonging to Catherine Hale. One of the dead people. Yep. And it's They know in, he's, she's dead And by it's them, coming right? from Golconda. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're like, if. So there's something something about Wakanda like, is like why like he's willing he's to like staying make, there and he's basically making mistakes by staying there but like he can't help it. All right, George invites somebody to come on in. Yeah, she's in the house. It's gonna be Jane. Jane, and she's like, I know you didn't want to go home, but I couldn't leave you in jail, so I'll make up the guest bedroom. And then she says, Do you want a soda? Like, can I get you anything? And Jane's like, Oh, thank you for being so kind. Oh, and then oh. her husband is like, I love you, wife. He's leaving. Come and message you. He said, I guess you're busy catching bad guys. And Jane asks her if he's good to her. And she says, yeah. All of a sudden, ew, she comes out of the fridge. And Jane is right behind the door. And she goes, he's here, George. And there's a man. And it's Frank. And she goes, you know who I am. And she goes, Jane. And he's only talking to Jane. Mm -hmm. But George is like, um. And Jane's like, oh, he came for me. This man's, and she's like, this man is not an alien. Oh! And he injects George with yep. ketamine. She, and she got to her gun, but now she's drugged. She can't. And run, she says, Jane, run. Run, Jane, run. She's run, not running. Jane, run, please. She runs sort of, but. Victim of, vision, we're down. Yeah. And now and he's running Frank after Frank runs Jane. after her. And her eye, her pupils dilate big time. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're seeing George. She's, she's I think, laying on the mirrored. Ah, uh, yep. she's on the table. We're Under seeing Frank glove up. Ew. Gross. I mean, I know. All right, fade to black. What's gonna happen? 
Long black. black. (laughs) Okay, we're back in the diner. Where are we at on the milkshake? I need a milkshake update. Oh, he hasn't drank. We've got like a third of it left. But he keeps sipping. And he keeps checking the clock. And And they're like, whatever he's waiting for is coming to the diner. It's coming to the diner. And um, he says, you better figure it out soon. I'm almost finished with my milkshake. Uh, I hate hate watching him drink it. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to see anyone drink a milkshake after this. All right, so the team is at George's house. We're back in the past. We see the spilled juice. It's It's spilled juice. juice, Sorry. Don't touch anything, they say. And And now we're... Detective Rick? Or Uh, Deputy Rick. I think his name is Rick. Yeah. um, Is, like, freaking out. He's like, he took took George. Like, we have to go. And they're like, no, we have to look at the scene. Running through the room. Like, she enters here. She takes off her gun belt. Yep. She's going toward the kitchen. She hits the answering machine. And they're like, why take the sheriff and not her gun? Um, definitely looks like she tried to make a go for the gun. Um, he, Reed just found the syringe. Um, and Rick just says, just called the station and confirmed that she had brought Jane back to her house. And they call her crazy Jane. Which is rude. So they connect that the footprints in the juice are Jane's. Um, so he's like the, so Morgan is saying that the unsub knows that the ketamine's going to wear off. So he's got to do whatever he's going to do pretty quickly. And he didn't get what he came for. So he took George instead. So he mm-hmm. didn't get Jane. He took George. All right. So the phone just turned back on because, uh, Garcia was monitoring it. Um, All right. So we're now it's a little it. outside of Golconda. So JJ's calling the team. Oh, it's in, oh, the, it's middle in the middle of town. town. It was like off of the map, though. It must be. It, I bet we're about to catch up with present day. Oh, gotcha. We are because it's the next day. Right. Because night happened. Night happened. That is how you get to the next day. <laughs> night happens. All right. So we're reliving entrance into the diner. Are we? No, I don't think we're outside the diner. Oh, we're in a parking we? lot. Oh, a bunch of buildings that look Listen. deserted. It looks like an old west town. No, like this is the town. diner. It's across the street from the diner. I don't see the diner. I think you're full of shit. Oh. That wasn't the diner. <laughs> that was like a house. We saw that garage from the diner, I though. I think we did. All right, so we're pulling Whatever. up on what I'm guessing is Crazy Jane's house. Yeah, it's a little disheveled. Yeah, it's kind of It looks like the house from the Halloween episode. Lots of chimes. Lots of wind chimes. Yeah, but what are they? They're ribs. Fucking ribs. Fucking rib chimes. Rib chimes. Right, so the team's like, they're waiting sl- to go. In. Oh yeah, and Pre- Emily's like, wait, Prentice is. These like, are rib chimes. Look at these. These chimes. rib chimes are made of bone. They're human ribs. Oh yeah, downfall of this is that it the falls rig, apart. the rig is falling. The rig is falling. We're about to be barkering. <laughs> There's so many ribs, like <laughs> so many. <laughs> okay, so. All right, so Deputy Rick is, like, freaking out. Yeah, I mean, understandably. Yeah, he's, he's like, we have this. to hurry. Like, we've got to go. Um, oh, all right, you're right. He notices that he's in the fucking diner. Okay. Yeah, okay. That yeah. diner was not in the background it before. It was not. They, I will give you that. Like, it wasn't in the background before. All right, so we are, we're up to, well, we're not up to the present day, but we're up to where the episode yeah, started. Yeah, we're re-seeing them walking in. What took you so long, handsome? Yep. And he approaches... <laughs> All right. I fucking hate this. I got a barker in, I feel like. <laughs> it's because 
Our setup is different this week because the way we set up, there's like a thing we use, but now that thing is a puzzle surface. It's a long story, but Kelsey's gonna go barkering. All right, so they are all taking down the rib chimes. And they're describing it as his version of romance. Ew. He is in love with her. Jane. And reads, like, a sexual sadist can't feel love. Um, so it's not really love. It's more, I guess it would just be, like, obsession. Right. <laughs> Prentice is like, I love chocolate. Oh, Reed says, peace. It's also found in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, cool. They're like, awesome. All right, we're... St- all looking at these rib chimes. All right, still. so there's and a, then there's a barn. There's a barn out back. More ribs. ribs. More chimes. And good spot to look for it. Mm-hmm. Barns are often like a, a playground for body nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I think what she meant to say is that they're a common place to hide a hide a body. <laughs> it's where the trailer is. There it is. And we're just pointing our guns everywhere. Yep. So it's got a tarp over it. It is not really but in like the barn. Not, no, it's like behind the barn. It's like half barn. in, half out. All right, we open the door. In they go. Why wouldn't he lock it? I don't. That door opens so fast. Because he doesn't think anyone's going to find it, I guess. Or he, like. All right, so they, they were will. right. There's tools all over the it's walls. It's fucking sick as hell. It's gross. Um, There's blood, blood on the table. Reed looks horrified. The fact and, that there's a circular saw hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, like he has outfitted this thing in a fucked up way. And like, guys, what is it? It's a coffin. Oh, Reed looks so horrified, like in a way that he never does. Open it up. Oh, somebody. Catherine? Gotta be Catherine Hale. There's another coffin over here. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. What are we gonna find? Uh, this is so scary. <gasps> George. It's George. Not dead. Not dead. She's not dead. She's alive. She's alive. She's She's, alive. Thank God. She's gasping for breath. God. All right. So Frank doesn't know that we have George, which is good. Or he does. He keeps looking at the clock. Oh. One is perfection, two is decadent. He just finished his milkshake, so he's acting like he's going to get up. And Gideon's like, just put his hands on his shoulder, and he was like, no. All Um, right. So Gideon thinks that there wasn't enough just from Jane not looking scared. She had to have said something to him. And Frank's like, I'm a sexual sadist. I can't feel anything, remember? All right. So, so this guy is like, kind of like, do I live outside the limits of what a psychopath is? Yeah. I don't know. And Gideon says there are no limits to the human mind. And the sheriff is alive. And Gideon's like, he doesn't care about the sheriff. Nope. It's Jane. It's Jane. Oh, oh. Jane told him that her his eyes are beautiful. How could she talk? If and she he was- said that he looked at her... Oh, like he's never looked at any woman before, and her his hands began to sweat, so he dropped the knife. So he had like a little crush, and he said, "I tried to pick it up, but it fell again." Gross. And, and he, he got, got butterflies. butterflies in his stomach. So basically, he had serial killer love happen. Yeah, and Rick right, is in like, comes I'm Deputy Rick. In. She's like, "We got George, so like whatever, let's blow Fuck your brains this. out." Yeah. But the cell, somebody's cell phone All rings. All their cell phones are All ringing. All of their cell phones are ringing. And it's exactly 325. And he's and smiling. He smiles. And saying, no, Rick says, impossible. no, that's impossible. What is Is it? she dead now? He says, magic time. What? What, what is magic time? What? what? I, do I don't not remember this at all. <laughs> I don't remember any I of this. I just remember like the beginning, middle, yes! and absolute end. Yes. Not this like middle end. So what is magic time? Everybody's pulling up. 
We don't know why their beepers were going off no. still. All right. So George's husband is still waiting outside. So they're going to get George out, which like, wasn't she like drugged like 10 seconds ago? Yeah. She should be at a but hospital. George and, and his, her husband, husband are having a reunion. Reunite. She's in a blanket, much like the North Mammon yeah. ladies. Oh, he, he killed, killed their son's teacher. teacher. Oh, that's who was in the uh, other coffin. And she said she was just 22. Oh, does he have their son? Yeah. They found the school bus abandoned just outside of town. He has all, that's right. He has all the kids. All the kids. I forgot uh, about this part. Oh, their son is with his mom. So their son's oh. okay, but they're still. And then she's like, they had the whole town subject shut down. How did this happen? Well, was one vehicle we weren't looking for? A, a school, school bus. bus. But where are the children? The big question, where are the children? So he now has the entire town's children like and hidden so somewhere. He's like, you know, I have no interest in harming kids, but like. He's going to use it. I'm going to use this. Yeah. And he says, the desert is so big. Like, how are you going to find them in time? Deputy and they're Rick. all just like. Deputy Rick is so pissed. I get it, man. Whoever's playing Rick is leaning in into that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've got my acting role on Criminal Minds. I'm going to act the shit out of it. Yeah. All right. Another car, the sheriff's car pulls up. Out comes um, they a found man. Probably Crazy Jane. Uh, Jane. Sorry. Jane. Street for Um. So Hotch is like, Jane, he has come back to this town all of this time looking for you. And he says he's in love with you. But wouldn't so he know gonna... where she is if he keeps his trailer behind her house? Right. Hides out oh, in your Oh, he hides barn, out And there. he leaves you these wind chimes that oh. are ribs. And she goes, oh, they're beautiful, aren't they? And Emily's like, I hate to break it to you, but, but those, those are, are dead people. Those are people ribs. And she goes, you were not abducted by an alien. He is a serial killer. But she's like, but he did come for me, though. <laughs> it's like, and she's oh, like, my yeah, God. he's here for me, not for you. And she says, She's you, like, I didn't want to run. I want to see him. I love him. I love his beautiful serial killer eyes. Ew. I love the ribs he leaves me. All right, so they're I bringing Frank it. out. And he says, Jane? And he sees Jane. And she runs towards him. And they're like, Jane, he has all these children. Like, this is not okay. And so... Um, Rick is trying to go rogue right now yeah, and he's, he's like, like hand him we over. We should arrest Frank and yep. the FBI's still like, We should probably arrest Frank. But Frank is telling Gideon, he's like, You've been studying me for years. Have I ever heard a kid? And she he's like, Give no. me Jane and I'll give you what you want, which is the kids. But they can't give her to him, like And Rick's like, Are you is she part of this? Yeah. And George is like, Come on, it's like she's Jane. A victim she's too. not doing this. Yeah. Um, so, so Rick is just, just like getting in the way at this point. Yeah, people are just tensions are high. We want our and kids. And so Gideon is like, listen, you could literally torture him, and like he's not going to give you what he wants, what you want. Like that's just not how his brain works. So, um, so she he wants. So to Gideon's going to gonna walk away with Frank and Jane and Jane, and he's like, and Gideon's like, will you take me to where the kids are? And he says, oh, happily. I couldn't have that on my conscience. Tee-hee-hee. So they go into the right. FBI GMC. Yep. So he's... so And he Frank, relinquishes his gun. Yes. Frank, and his earpiece. Frank is laying out his parameters for this. He's going to take... They're going to take the vehicle of his choice. Jason's going to drive. Gideon's going to drive. He can't have his gun. If anyone follows, 
that he's gonna fuck this world up until off they go we're watching them drive away gideon's gonna call when they find the kids and everybody's just kind of watching uh, so, so we're just the suv is driving through the desert, through the desert. frank and jane are like in the back seat like holding hands and she's looking at him like he's just the greatest thing in the world and he's like they all said i could never feel love but i love you jane and she's like where are we gonna go and he's like wherever we want mm, sure this is like oh they're about to kiss ew, ew. they're kissing gross it's like a very weird like fucked up bonnie and clyde romeo and juliet situation yeah all right, uh, so, so they're they getting stop, out and they get out and let's see they're just like holding hands and staring into each other's eyes and Gideon's like he feels this now but it's gonna pass and he'll kill you yeah so he's trying to tell Jane that like this is just like some fucked up game he's playing basically and Jane's like he, I... you're the one that got away right in serial killer terms yep and that's why he's obsessed with you yep yep and they're just like keep staring at each other and it's so stupid yeah so and Gideon's so, like all right I did what you want right, to do like where the where fuck are, the are these kids and he goes that way two miles all and right. Gideon's like you fucker and that's he says not yeah. what we agreed to yep and he's like are you just gonna stand here you know let these kids suffer from exposure like it's gonna be dark soon I mean he has a cell phone he was supposed to call why wouldn't he be like Hey, track the cell phone. Yeah. Go two miles this way. Yeah. That's where they are. I'm going to hang out with yeah. Frank. Yep. And he says, and Gideon's like, I will never stop hunting you. And he's like, all right, whatever. And he's like, in the meantime, I'll be with Jane. Until you catch me. So, like, he knows. Oh, he's and, he, and Gideon goes, you are insane. And Jane goes, love is insanity, isn't it? Ew. Ew, he says, I hope you feel the way I do, too. Gross. He says he'll kill himself if he ever feels like. Him. Oh, and then, <laughs> he says, "Call me first. I'd love I'd to love pick to... your brains." Oh, <laughs> that's like a token serial killer. That's like a serial killer dad joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Damn. Oh, and now they're just like walking off into the desert. Are they not gonna die of exposure? I something tells me he has planned for this. Which right. There's a car waiting somewhere, but his truck. Oh right, because they, they never find did find his, his truck. truck. They just found the trailer. All right, so he just runs off into the desert. Why wouldn't? A coyote, a coyote, a coyote, coyote owls. <laughs> it took him until sunset to find the bus? That's it's only two now. miles. It's dark now. And there they are. Oh, there they're they are. They're just like hanging out. In a pit. You're tell- They're not in a pit. They're like literally just like between <laughs> some rocks. Is that not a pit? That's not a pit. So, I, how mm. did it- none of those kids try to just like go somewhere else? Like they all just were like, all right, <laughs> Ate well. that. B, why didn't he call as soon as Frank and Jane walked, walked away, away and be like, all right, here's where I am. Come help me. Right. Like, pretend to follow them, but then follow Jane and Frank. Yes. So, um, Hotch asked Gideon, he's like, where did he go? And he says, west. And so now, he's now they're going to go look for him. But, like, they're not. So, they're following their footprints. And then there's going to be car track, like, tire tracks. Yep. They disappear. Oh, the tracks disappear. But there's no car tracks. And Gideon is teary-eyed. And he's like, but says, we'll find him. Yep. And they just stare off into the darkness of the desert. Dang. Did they just go up into space? Maybe. Jane did think he was an alien. She did. And then they just kind of slowly walk back to the road. And And we pan up to the moon. We pan up to the sky. 
And so begins our first ongoing storyline of Criminal Minds. We found George, we found the kids, but now we have to find Frank, Frank and Jane. Frank and Jane. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Um, feelings? My feelings are good episode in the sense that obviously it like sets up a longer trajectory that we're now on. Right. Um, I am also going to say that Frank is the first mastermind unsub that we have that sells it well. Yes. They set up the Fisher King to be the same level and they botch it because it's fucking ridiculous. Yes. It's fucking ridiculous. We also, you just don't get enough time with you the Fisher King. You don't get enough time to, like, the the motivations behind everything are sloppy. There's so much effort put into, like, the weird shit that he, like, sends them. Right. And, like, all this stuff. Connecting enough, all the clues. Not enough time is spent, like, paying attention to the actual psychology behind yes. why he would be doing something like that. But they do but do But they that do it this. here. And so, like, they set it up very much the same way and they do a good job of setting him up as this, like, big bad that we're going to have to yeah. track down through the rest of this season. Yeah. And he's got a hold on Gideon. And there's a much more interesting backstory. Yeah. And, but at the same time, still pretty grounded in reality. Like, it's, yeah. fully, it's fully realistic that there could be a person like this out there killing people right. for 30 years. And like, I'm trying to think of, like, who this could be. Like, is there a real ser- serial killer this well, would be to? There are definitely, like, highway killers. Like, those right. are not... That's like, not people, weird. Like, like, people who kill along a particular stretch of highway is right. not weird. Like, that's definitely a common thing. I think there is, like, an I-80 killer. Um, but the, usually... Like, the I'm, medical stuff, like, watching... Yeah, the, yeah. like, the torturing Nobody and, like, the dismembering thing, not me. necessarily. Um... But I like, guess usually on these, like, longer ones, usually if they're going to, like, mimic a real-life serial killer, they do it on, like, a single a one-off. One. It's a yeah. one-off episode. They're longer-form ones. They get a little more creative mm-hmm. and a little more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he's definitely the first one that's going to be, we're going to see a lot of other unsubs that they set up in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also argue a lot of times they set it up in a similar way where, one particular member of the team really connects to the case. So, like, yeah. in this case, like, it's Gideon. Like, he right. is, like, he is more affected by this than the rest of them. Which um, could be because of how long it's been. And because Yeah, and but, like, because of that, he really, like, connects with this particular unsub. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes about Gideon finding this unsub and like right. the unsub he and the unsub like have a weird relationship yes. that's going to play out along the you know yes throughout this and it's going to affect a lot of Gideon's trajectory as an as a character yes yeah. um and that's not the last time that we'll see something like that happen right um in different seasons so I feel like they're like Frank is like a he's a He's a test on sub for Criminal Minds, I feel like. They're like, let's try this. Like, let's see what would happen if we do this this way. And they realize that it works pretty well. And so they just keep doing it over and over and over again. This is, I distinctly remember when I watched this episode the first time, it being, I mean, maybe the first time I fully connected all the dots that like a lot of serial killers cannot feel normal human emotions. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's wild. (laughs) Like, that's insane to think about. I Like, 
Yeah. It's just insane to think that there are people like that. Yeah. But it's and like, it's like not ev- not every psychopath is a serial killer. Exactly. That's what I was actually. And so, so there's like say that. that's exactly what I was people say. who don't have emotions that live perfectly regular mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And it's just like whoa. There's a lot. What about if that, that was me? What in- if I secretly was like that? <laughs> but then every time I think that maybe I'm a psychopath and like don't have emotions, <laughs> Cassie just like her head just like shot up like uh. But what? do you ever get afraid that like? If something, if there's something that like makes a lot of other people sad or other people happy that doesn't make you feel just as sad or as happy, you're like, is something wrong with me? No, because I don't feel like that. I've ever felt that way. Oh, I feel that a lot. But then the other day when I was listening to Sword and Scale and I had to stop that episode, I was yeah, like, it, I am normal. not a psychopath. This was too much. Okay, I'm back on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill people. They, not that I thought I was gonna kill people, but they you know. definitely they, they uh, John Douglas talks about that a lot in Mindhunter the book, mm. like of the fact that like sociopaths, not all sociopaths, are killers, and that mm-hmm. like being a sociopath like is just a particular personality trait, just like anything else, right? Um, but there are uh, which is why when they started learning about serial killers and learning about why they do the things they do they very quickly realize that like it's not just one thing like you can't be like okay this person has sociopathic tendencies like they're definitely going to be violent they're definitely going to kill it requires something happening along the course of their life to push them to that point right um whereas like if you weren't a sociopath and you had the same trigger you might not murder exactly like yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like in criminal minds, it's like they talk genetic about, predisposition. They talk for about murder. being, you know, there being a stressor or something. It's like yeah. you are also a sociopath, and something terrible happens in your life. Like you are more likely to react to that stressor in right. an unhealthy and violent way, right. Than just the average person. Um, but it's very interesting. Hmm. It's that's that. Like you said, that is what really is fascinating to me about like all true crime stuff and like why i watch criminal minds and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff it's like people who are like oh my god like that's so fucked up like you're interested in true crime like gross like or you like mm. watch criminal minds like i couldn't watch that it's so gross yeah. it's so scary like whatever but it's just like but it's so interesting it is because it's a part of the human condition that is terrifying absolutely yes but like also very real very and, like, real and more common than we so want it to be yeah. Like, so interesting. So, so interesting. Which, like, hey, you guys and get it. Honestly, you watch Criminal Minds, too. <laughs> it's fairly fresh in terms of human history. Oh, yeah. For us to understand crime in the way that we do. Yeah. Like. Absolutely. They, like, I mean. Like, the notion of serial killers at all. Yeah. Is new. And, like, the VAU has only really existed for, like, not even 100 years. Like. Yeah. They started they're the still pro- alive. They started the profiling <laughs> unit in the 1970s. Like, so that's not that's that 50 ago. years ago like yeah. my parents are older than that but also like the amount of stuff that they've figured out in that 50 years is right crazy. it's mind-blowing mm-hmm. right it's like what is crime really like i feel like i don't this is unthought through pure conjecture please give it to us but though. like in our society we care a lot about murder crimes and like they freak us yes. out the most and like historically have there been other crimes that scare people more mm-hmm. like like i mean when you see I don't in know. terms of like the way well no i think i get what you're saying which is that because i also think about it along the lines of like why is there suddenly like when you look back at true crime and you look back at like the history of true crime 
why all of a sudden in the United States in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, is there an explosion right. of serial killers and right. examples of serial killers? Whereas like before that, you don't hear about them very often. Doesn't mean that they weren't happen they weren't operating right. there's also an element of like it was harder to track them right and pre-world like pre-world war Two is hard because there's like it's harder to just track people in general yeah, like you, you just know, we don't have the, the same first, infrastructure the first part of the 20th connections. century and before it's so much easier to just like disappear and right. people people were so transient back then and they we didn't have social security cards right and, like we didn't have ways to like track people we don't have driver's licenses like all of those things yeah but it's like you see, yeah, you see an explosion of like serial killers, 60s, 70s, 80s. But now I would say you don't hear about them very often anymore. No, absolutely not. Because um, we catch them Because so we soon. get better at, at catching them. But yeah, it's like, so yeah, serial killers have like taken on this like weird fascination in society right. where we're yeah, all. Yeah, that's what I'm. Because yeah. I, I think like. I think as a human race, like, we're fascinated by, like, things we don't understand and, like, yeah. things that scare us and things, like, and, monsters. And, like, the worst of us. Like, things we could yeah. become. And, like, serial killers are legitimate, like, real-life monsters. Yeah. They're, like, they're people that look just like us, but, yeah. like, something inside of them is fucked up. And they yeah. do things that the rest of us would never even, like, right. consider doing. And I feel like that just, like, there's something about that that, like... Yeah. We gotta understand. And yeah. It's, like, we're yeah. morbidly fascinating and to maybe, most of us. And maybe, I mean here perhaps it's some sort of like lizard brain advantage uh-huh. to be like able to identify and be intrigued by these people so we know to inv- avoid them and like we pick up on right. their characteristics so There's we're some like kind of like survival do not mechanism. be around this person because they're going to smash a rock on my head <laughs> that's like what the cavemen said no i think that that's probably true like there is some like kind in of, some sense our obsession with crime there's some kind of like evolutionary survival mechanism within all of us which is to like detect the threat in the herd like you mm-hmm. have to like i mean yeah like and for us like our herd is like the people we watch on tv like, yeah <laughs> like the herd has changed so much right. in the last like 200 years so right. like no i think that you're right I we think watch tv and we read books and we make up stories about it but the stories are based in reality yeah, totally and like you go into a k-hole into a k-hole um but yeah i think i yeah i agree with you 100 percent. there's yeah. something about it which obviously like i said we all get it because we all watch criminal minds. right so it makes me wonder now that we're like I don't want to say we're so good at catching serial killers because, like, there are some that still slip through the cracks that you hear about. Sure. But, like, crime, murder-solving crime-fighting has gotten a lot better. Like, what is going to become the more, like, I don't want to say the trendy crime, but, like... Well, I think, like, nowadays you see a rise in mass shootings and... How did I forget that? And domestic terrorism, which is the thing that you hear about much more often now. Spree killing and mass shootings, like, that is much more at the forefront of, like, our psyches as So then in, like, 50, 60 years, are our kids going to be, like... I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, right now it seems taboo to make a show or, like, to obsess over mass shooters but there are the episodes way... of criminal there is an ep- there are episodes of criminal minds that do right that. right and there are crime shows that address it there are a lot of shows that right will, like like cro- like cop procedurals that will address like mass shoot have but mass i shooting feel episodes, like but... more frequently we're dealing with a serial killer oh yeah on criminal minds oh absolutely like, we are it's like the like we're sort of through the serial kill- killer era so like when we're 
hopefully eventually out of the mass shooting era is that going to be like there's all sorts of books about it all sorts of like podcasts about it i'm sure there will once we like have the hindsight to be like what the fuck was that yeah why did we let that go on so long yeah 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 man that's just thoughts on crime with kelly and kelsey um shall do you have a recommendation or are you tapped out on give me you go first i'm gonna go first with fun fact corner i actually have two fun facts she does i don't know them this time it's a surprise um one fun fact is just kind of a general fun fact about the show another one is directly related to this episode Mm -hmm. so i'll start with that one okay First fun fact relates to our buddy Keith Carradine. Keith Carradine. Fun fact about Keith Carradine is in Criminal Minds he plays Frank, who is a serial killer who has been operating for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Keith Carradine also plays a serial killer named Frank on the show Dexter, who also oh! has been serial killing for 30 years. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. He's got a type. <laughs> he does. I he mean, he looks like a serial killer. I will Most also of the Carradines say- do. Yeah, they do. They got a little bit of a scary. They got angular faces. Skeletal. Yeah, like they're a little. They're a little mm-hmm. scary. Um, if you if they play except it for that Lizzie's way, dad, if they play it that way, but yeah. like Lizzie's dad could make himself scary yeah. if he wanted to. If he to. like cut his hair a little bit and let it go, he might look like that now. To be honest, he I could. don't know. Um, so yeah, so there's a fun fact. Also, just full disclosure, Stephen tried to make me watch Dexter. We got through several seasons of it, and I hated it. Several seasons. So he I basically watched the whole show. No, no, no. And then no. like right at the end, I was we like, about, I hate it. We got like two or three seasons in, How and many I seasons kept. Are there? Um, I want to say, I want to say six or seven, but that might be wrong. Yeah. Um. There's like a lot. Average. There's like a fair amount. Yeah. Um, average and for we a successful got, show. I think. I think we got to the end of like season three i mm. think and i it was one of those shows where i just like kept being like i'm gonna keep giving this a chance because like mm. it's right up my alley i should right like lots this. of people like it and i got I into a place will. i got into a place like end of season one into season two where i was into it and then like so many shows there's something that happens at the end of that third season that i was like fuck this i'm out mm. and i never went back never don't spoil i might I watch that i show. won't spoil it okay um all right so fun fact number two <laughs> Fun fact number two is just about, um, I feel like it's also an appropriate fun fact to do for this episode because this this episode is so Gideon-centric. Okay. All right. But a fun fact is is about Mandel Patinkin. It is. Mandel Patinkin. Mandel Bruce Patinkin. Bruce. um, Has a son named Gideon. Oh! Isn't that interesting? When was he born? I don't know. Um, I'm sure Bef- because How did Gideon I not is notice old that? in this show. I'm sure he had him before this. Do you think he named his kid? No, that's fucked up. Actually, but potentially I think, true. I think that there is a possibility that they did they did choose that last name for that reason. Because I also here's like another just like bonus fun fact that I found when I was reading it. That's Originally, in the first part of this show, Gideon had a different name. So, like, in the first script, Gideon was not named Jason. He had a different last name. And so I think oh. there's a very strong possibility that he decided, he asked if he could Maybe change to, the like, name. commemorate his son. Yeah, in honor of his son. So wow. there you go. There's my fun facts. You're welcome. Now, for my recommendation, I have to ask, because I don't remember. Did I recommend Lost in Space before? No. Okay. In usual me fashion, as it seems right now with my recommendations, I'm going to recommend a show that's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. This is in its second season, kind of like Killing Eve. Um, but Cassie and I have been watching it. We just finished season two this morning, Lost in Space. It's on Netflix. If you're into, like, it's not, like, heavy on the sci-fi, but it is set in space. Um, 
it's like family it's drama it's comedy there's a robot it has feelings but none of this is heavy on the sci-fi no (laughs) because there's no like the ganglorians are coming to get us it's not star trek oh okay so in your mind sci-fi operates on a scale yes and very much star trek how much like new science and new world do i have to learn to understand okay the like conceit of the show so on a scale lost in space it's only set like 30 years into the future okay and so a lot of it is very what we know so on a scale of one to star trek where does it fall um assuming star trek is a 10 yes and one is a documentary about nasa yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is season one is like a three or four Mm -hmm. season two is more like a five or six okay um season two gets a little more sci-fi because it has to (laughs) um because of the robot i will also say one of the main because of the robot the, it's robot. the robot's fault so if you know anything about lost in space you're like danger will robinson yeah. from like the like show from like the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and like the robot's just like the olaf of the series like the like <laughs> the joke sure. or the c3po the jovial the sidekick right yeah well in the reboot like the robot is like the central like plot moves the plot forward oh, like okay it's all about like wait what is this robot where did it come from what's it doing here mm-hmm. and why does it love will robinson so much <laughs> okay and then like there are more robots it's just it's can't have enough i'm robots. really I, we both really enjoy it um it's got a good cast they're just like all really good actors and actresses mm-hmm. um the main villain i don't want to say She's a villain, but she is is played by Parker Posey, mm-hmm. who I believe is a fantastic ac- actress, and she wears beautiful clothes. I will say another thing. I say I will say so much on this show. <laughs> um, shows that are set in the future, even the near future like this, usually go heavy on future fashion. Ah, uh, yeah. Like you There's watch, a lot of metallics. Yeah, you I watch, feel like think of Xenon. I was just gonna say you get a lot of Xenon <laughs> right. vibes happening. You think Xenon, you think Phil of the Future, you're thinking Star Trek, you're like uniforms. They go, they go jet they get they go Jetson. Yeah, it. they yeah. go Jetson. When we picture the future, it's like clothes evolve a six lot of, million years a in lot one of, day. Like um a lot of like stiff fabrics that, and like full body suits. That can be one like, suit that can that are pointy like you can get things like pointy <laughs> shoulders like a shoulder yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. well gotcha. they don't they don't quite go over that edge in lost in space okay. either it's not like the clothes are really of our time mm-hmm. but like the basics still are basics never change like they wear pants they wear shirts right yeah. and like they have different colors and yeah but like sometimes yeah. like a zipper will be in like a new place and yeah it's like there's like a, a future zipper <laughs> And Parker Posey always has the best future fashion. So that's why 
I think you should watch it. There is a lot of tendency in sci-fi for like future clothing where it's like suddenly everybody kind of wears the same thing. Right. Exactly. And And it's all either like blue, green or purple. Yeah. It's like all like similar colors. And you're Mm -hmm. just like, did we stop being able to make the color red? Right. Exactly. Exactly. How did that happen? They do have their spacesuits that they have to wear when they're like actively flying the spaceships. Yeah. And in that sense, it's like a little futury. Okay. Because they're not spacesuits as we know them. Sure. Because, you know, current spacesuits are clunky AF. Yeah. But those are more like sleek, like cool spacesuits. Like they're navy blue and like they've got a cool helmet. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. Well, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Let me know if you like Lost in Space. That's all I'm thinking about right now. (laughs) But what are you going to do now? Because you can't. I know. We finished it and season three might not even come out till 2021. Oh, my God. I know. I hate when that happens. I hate it so much. At least there's like a good chance it's going to come back. Unlike Mindhunter where it's really. It's up in the air. It could take us 10 more years before we get it. David Fincher is fucking us all. Yeah. He's like, I'm busy. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I already have plans. Yeah. What an asshole. Um, Anyway. Anyway, I think that comes to the conclusion of our corners. Yeah, we've made our we've made our declarations about things. We've yeah. made our contributions to the end of the episode. Yeah, um, which means that, that brings us to the last part where we beg you to rate. Oh yeah, subscribe. I thought we were about to go straight to the no, end. No, we gotta rate. We gotta beg for right. our ratings and our reviews. Smash that subscribe button. Sub- smash it. Smash it. Um, uh, please do one of those things. You don't have to do all of them. Yeah, do one. Put it on your to-do list do for one. the day and then be happy when you check it yeah, out. Yeah, like do one. See how it feels. If yeah. it doesn't make you hate yourself, do one of the others. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, you know what? The week you're listening to this, it's Valentine's Day coming up. Oh, yeah. Thinking about the things you love, the people you love. Well, think about us. Yeah. Let us know. You I'm love us. I'm keep coming back to it. If you were sad that day when you look opened up your podcast app and there was new, new, no new episode you're of The Unknown Subject, that means that you love us. You do. Whether you want to admit it or not. Yep. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, so your heart should be pretty fond. <laughs> pretty fond. <laughs> um let us be your trash to your raccoon. Yeah. As Kelly said. I thought you were gonna say let us be your Valentine. No, let us be like let us be the trash to your raccoon. Yeah. I'm gonna use that from now on. Yeah, man, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, for those of you guys who have made it through the whole episode, thanks for being here. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> Our handles are at the Unknown Subject Podcast on yep. Instagram, at Unknown Sub Pod yep. on Twitter, yep. in case you want to follow us. Yep. Um, uh, so, yeah, we appreciate you listening. Um, we'll be back next week for a brand new episode of the Unknown Subject. Moving right along in season two. We're Chugging gonna be, along. We're going to be done with season two before we know it. Yeah. And it's going to be like right on to season three. Maybe we'll take bada a bing, little bada break. boom. A little break, maybe. We'll see. We'll I don't see. know. There's not a wedding to break. Over. I know. I, it's like our lives have totally changed from before. It was like, yeah. oh, because, yeah, you're right. It came to a natural conclusion, like, right yeah. before the wedding. So it was like, so like let's a take time. a break. We don't have this anything like, like that happening. Eh. So maybe we will just keep going. Um, <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. Would you be so sad if we took a break? <laughs> yeah. Um, That might be a good reason to subscribe. And <laughs> Kelsey's really pushing it this week. I am. Um, anyway, thanks, guys. And as they say, when they catch the unsub, it's, it's over. over.